Now, Tommy, you're brought you're uh, you're HQing us from a completely different uh, location. What are you have your regular microphone or are you going with the screen mic? I do not. I'm going with the screen mic today. All right. You got to put yeah. a little oomph in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be right on top of it, man. Uh, I, I, uh, I like to have our show meetings live on the show. You know yeah, what I mean? It's not going to be any less interesting than anything I, I, else that we talk about, right? 100%. Uh, hey, I, I have criticism for myself. I didn't want to make that sound like I was starting off with criticism for you about your mic uh, when uh, I, need to, I need to have some self-criticism. I've listened back to a couple of the episodes uh, as uh, editing them and, and stuff. And boy, why didn't someone tell me I sound like I do lately? I sounded drag-ass, tired, like mouth-breathy, just... <laughs> like a like a pug I, to me it sounded like i was a pug um and and that like surprised me it surprised me i've been getting sloppy and lazy uh yeah, and, John, and i apologize there must be a gradual transformation because i didn't really notice and you and i all give each other notes about mm -hmm. stuff like that you know but i would have i mean if i'd have picked up on it i probably would have said something but uh i'm just all about myself over here i guess not even really paying attention to anything you say i so okay, well, then I have a second note for you, then. You should probably pay attention to the show more while doing the show. <laughs> but, hey, you know what? In that vein, I have criticism for myself, too, because, uh, hey, you know, when you commit a foul, I think it's your your honor to hold up your hand for the scores table, right? Honor, absolutely. And Play the game uh, with honor. I've, 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 I'll self-call a foul, and that is the Season 7, Episode 1, the don't know what you got till it's gone. Uh, oh, yeah. just got published yesterday right? right but we recorded that fucking thing two and a half almost three weeks ago wow but my dumbass, after you took the audio and put it in into the uh, end of the app as is you know you you fulfilled your end of the bargain you took the baby to the barn and then what i did as soon as i got done recording i was like hey that's cool took off my shit closed my laptop and walked away and thought i had already done it and never looked back and never and in in the past three weeks i hardly paid like right now walking back over here to my desk this is the i haven't been at my own desk since then oh wow and it's like literally it looks like a movie it looks ridiculous it's like uh um ivan reitman directed my desk you know you could do a whole title <laughs> sequence going around the dumb shit on my desk you know yeah, <laughs> past due bill <laughs> broken pencil empty notebook <laughs> I don't think it's that big a deal because these things we don't, you know, we don't really stick to too much of a schedule as far as a release schedule. And it's nice to have one that's just sitting around that you remember, oh, right, we got another one we can put out. So but it was full of timely out. predictions and we were right. But then, you know, I, I kid, it's like we called <laughs> we called horse races. I mean, it was a million dollar <laughs> sports betting podcast. We should have the over under on dead that. horses was uh, uh, five, right? <laughs> that paid. That paid. <laughs> that paid. That's a nice long odd. Oh, that's a good one. So I've been, but I've been busy as hell, and I apologize for that. That was a, that, you know, I, and also Tommy, it speaks to me that you're there. You are trying to comfort me as you, as my friend, as my partner in the podcast, uh, and like, oh, it's okay, John. We do so poorly at this; hardly anyone even noticed that we didn't put out a new episode. That's exactly what I said. Your impression of me is getting better and better. That was spooky. so. Yes, our lack of professional uh, behavior, treating this like a, a venture, is the reason that hardly anyone noticed that we didn't put out the episode. But now we did, and now we're. This is episode two of of season seven.
oh, of, wow. okay. of after later tommy so we gotta we have to i don't know if not step up our game alter it in some way the over under on that was five as well yeah yeah it's very similar to dead horses uh, <laughs> hey tommy uh season seven's crazy I think you should go ahead and, and do the whole start it in, in, intro for the show. You, you, are you prepared? Uh, well, Can you do it? Sure. Welcome right, to I'll, the. I'll count you in. Ready? Okay. Right, ready? And it's going to be TV style where I don't say out loud the last two numbers. Okay. Okay. So, up. all right, we're going in five, four. Uh, welcome to the After Later podcast. This is Tommy Drake, as always, joined by John Wessling. Uh, I don't know what else to say at the beginning. That is, you, that's all you need, really. Yeah, that's all you need. Just the the official. Hey, here's here's what this is, and here's who we are. Even though the way we've been doing it lately, uh, we just have rambly shit for a good five ten minutes. Yeah, and then we go. Oh, hey, by the way, we didn't officially start. Right. I don't know if that's good or bad. No one's no one's complained yet. Well, no one's really given any kind of input yet. So that's good. That's good, right? I guess, yeah. If no one's complaining about the fries, I guess the fries are okay. Yes, I think we are a uh, we have a perfect, flawless record because nobody has filled out a comment card. Yeah, nobody's tried to get their money back, which nope. is good. Nope. That's good. That's good. We have a zero return policy on uh, after later. If you choose to listen to one of our episodes, uh, that's an investment of one hour of your lifespan that you're you're that's on you. We 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 assume no responsibilities. keeping some people awake when they're driving i think we're uh you know helping some people through some long travel days you know well that's good we're like uh, books on tape pretty good background noise if you're kind of getting ready to go do something interesting you know oh that's cool that's yeah. i didn't think about that i mean there's a lot of uses for this type of talk radio you know like getting ready to go out or like getting ready to go to work yeah either one getting ready to go to a show on a ship or something you, you record this in the airport, you listen to it in the background while you're getting ready, get you kind of in a, a whimsical mood, you know, get your brain moving before you get on the stage. Do you ever do you ever listen to the back catalog of episodes at all? Do you ever? Uh, every now and then, yeah, I'll go yeah. back and listen. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff. I like to I still just think we're random. more interesting to listen to than we feel while we're doing it, I think. Oh, yeah, okay, well, that's cool. I, I like don't thank you for saying that tom i think we're I, yeah i'm not i don't mean to be overly negative i'm just being i maybe i'm i'm a little overly honest in this regard maybe you know what i mean like i got a, I got a pile of stories weird shit we can go through anytime you give me the high sign i could i could go over and do that uh, actually i take it back i can't do it right now um because thank god this is an audio only uh podcast uh tommy you're doing a great job maintaining professionalism looking at the screen I'm uh, shirtless and uh, sweaty. And would you say, how would you describe the my my visual area situation, Tom? Bleary? Yeah. Darty? Well, you know how, uh, Probably. how seasonally you show up in the produce section and there you got those heirloom tomatoes? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Your your skin has the luster of an heirloom tomato right now. Oh, yeah, it does a little bit, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it really does with all the weird crinkles and... Yeah, heirloom tomato that's a good one it's 
a sick burn. So I'm a little, uh, if I can't, I can't put on my, I can't put on my glasses to see and they just instantly fog up because I am putting off heat like a space, like a space heater. Yeah, and the other, you know, I'll push through. I'll push through. I got to be professional for the podcast. I, I, that was the note that I had for myself, looking back at the several last episodes that I was just drag ass. I was, you know, like, what am I? The, am I the country crock voice guy? Am I going to talk real low like this on the microphone and things like that? No. <laughs> Nobody likes that. This is perverted right here. Like, if you're, let's say you're uh, one of those guys that Tommy's talking about and you like uh, this podcast, is something that's like a ASMR. Yeah, you know, sensory kind of thing. It's, it's creepy, but yeah, I also kind of don't want it to stop. It's weird. I, I, I see. I'm nervous about the breathing sounds that I make. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why. Yeah, I, that's why I, I prefer over here. Yeah. You know, talking at a normal. You know, because you don't I hear the, the mac and cheese sounds of that. We grew up in an area of, of relatively clean audio, right? So it's, I think that's. What <laughs> like. you know, there's that's not like, a lot of. I'm, that's funny. We did. We did. You know, that was uh, Howard Stern's big, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, innovation was ridiculous, crazy format breaking radio. Right. We right. grew up in the era of, hello, I am a radio presenter and I talk to you like this. Have you gone down to AAA insurance? You know, that kind of shit. Well, I mean, it's it's sending communication through the air. It's It seems that like ancient tech now, but it's still pretty advanced, the whole radio system that you can walk around with a device and just pick up a local broadcast that's meant for the public it's pretty freaking advanced those are getting few and far between tom you, are you an xm satellite radio guy and when you drive around in the uh in the batmobile or are you no. a local channel yeah i'm a local channel guy and it's just because i'm just you know i'd use it so infrequently i just never bothered to subscribe but yeah but i love the you know We've got residuals for XM satellite, so I love that that the format's out there. I'm glad that people listen to comedy while they're while they're. Yeah, that's good. Night, that's good. That's good. That's that's when I feel like you know you're helping people on the long drives, right? That's just uh, truckers trying to stay alive going across I-40. Exactly. I mean, we're talking about UFOs and Bigfoots and shit, and they're seeing them. They're the ones out there like 10-4, good buddy, got my eyes peeled. Yeah. Right. But the AM, if you like, dude, uh, AM, FM radio around the country is absolutely dying. Like it is going the way of the dodo. And the creepy part is like all those stations, those licenses, that equipment, it's still out there. So, so many of these things that are being, that were originally scooped up and all bought by big corporate conglomerations uh, have gone broke and they shut, shutter them basically. And some of them are essentially abandoned. Like you can go buy a frequency in some small ass town outside of, I-10 in West Texas, and and so many of those are becoming like crazy right-wing repeater channels. Like there is a whole network across the country on the AM dial of just the craziest fucking Glenn Becky shit you can imagine. Well, here's my question for you, John, as a radio guy. Um, maybe and maybe this has already been done but maybe, maybe it hasn't but the whole the whole initial radio market was getting the advertising to people in their cars mm -hmm. right in a commute that's where the big money came from radio right right who gets those advertising dollars when the cars are self-driving and it's 
television in the car? Is that just the already set up cable providers and streaming networks? Or is that a different market? Because we're going to have self-driving cars in 10 years, which means we're going to have a screen in there, which means we're going to be doing something. Are we going to be online or are we going to be watching radio programming because we're used to listening to it while we're driving? Tommy, uh, I was not expecting ad, or, uh, questions on the topic of ad sales, but I'm glad uh, that that... Isn't glad that what it's about, though? Isn't that... Yeah, isn't absolutely. The economy is what, what radio and broadcast is all about. I, I imagine that's you still driverless doesn't mean that it's not passengerless and passenger shot. You know, if you're riding, you can ride shotgun in a driverless car, right? So I imagine, you know, what you're listening to is still at your fingers and you're for you to decide. That, that's one of the things where you can take your sweet ass time picking a radio station or, or you know, audio, visual, whatever. I would so, still listen to local broadcast radio and just listen to music, even if I wasn't driving. I don't think I would pull up a screen. I think I would just want to listen to music. And, you know look at the traffic yeah but is that, is that does that make me a weird stupid old guy like why <laughs> wouldn't you be getting stuff done you know why wouldn't you be researching or online or whatever like you don't want to multitask you want to you want to look out the window and say horse cow and yes because i've had that my whole life and i need that mindless car time where I have to function at like 25% so I can't do anything else. I need that rest. I'm afraid I'm not gonna have that when the car's self-driving. You think that they'll take the wheel out of your hand and then try to turn that into productive time? Or distractive time? Uh, Ad-based productive time, you know, some sort of high-speed internet where I can get my work started before I get there. Well, my boarding pass or whatever. What do you do already whenever you are in what is essentially a driverless car and that is like an Uber or a taxi? Hey, you're not driving car. I mean, do you... If, if I'm not driving, if I don't like the noise in the car, if I don't like their radio, I'll put in my headphones and crank up my own music off of my tablet. Yeah. And I just listen to music. Yeah. So I still just want to listen to music and kind of look at the look out the window like a pad. You know? Like I don't. I don't think I, if I, if I'm looking at a screen, I'm not seeing what's happening around the car. <laughs> like a fucking pet. I'm like a dog. Yeah, I would. I have to be looking out the window now that I think about it. Are you the dog that that puts the head all the way out the window, <laughs> or are you the dog that curls up in in the back window, like a like a smaller dog? Uh, no, I think I'm head out the window. I think head out the window. Yeah, <laughs> they should have that as an option on Uber. Like you can already, like, hey, I want to, you know, don't talk, or I need the aux cord, or whatever. You know, all the different kind of, you know, things you can choose on an Uber. Like, can you roll the back window down so I can stick my head out like a dog? It's kind of my yeah. thing. That's how I like to go to the airport. <laughs> That's a trip. So yeah, I think that I'm coming down from the heat stroke a little bit, Tom. I my personal thermometer of my glasses not being fogged up they've started to cool down so now that i can see that we're i think we're in a much better place john do you remember you and i talking about uh managing a minor league baseball team um, yeah when we do that all the time uh uh, that was before I knew about the existence of the uh, Savannah Bananas. Oh, yeah. That was and a while I'm, back then. I am so upset 
that I, I am too old at this point to be a Savannah banana. Why do you say that? I don't think you're too old. Well, that was uh, when I was about uh, 20. That was right up my alley, man. Half, yeah. half minor league baseball, half circus tricks. Come on. Dude, I thought that when, as soon as I saw what they were doing with the dancing and the guy on the stilts and shit like that. Oh, oh that's great. I was like, oh, man. Oh, well, we, oh, hold on. Well, if you were still a young man and were playing and could play for the Savannah Bananas and they said, you know, let's see what you got, kid. What 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 do you think would be your your walk up or what would be the to the mound move? Would, and what position do you think you'd play? Well, as much uh, as much in my head as I want to be a pitcher, and that's not where my skill set lies. So I think I'm. I think they would hide me defensively on on first base, which is a good place to set up for, you know, juggling tricks or circus yeah. balances or whatever. Dude, you could do a juggling. You could do a combo. Yeah, that's cool. You could do a combo juggling hidden ball trick. Oh, for sure. Do you think you know how to? You could pull that off. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Within the distract them with the juggling, and then you throw the one back to the pitcher, but you still got one of the other ones. Tag them out with one, and then there's a third one that you like roll behind the umpire. (laughs) <laughs> we'll probably work out some multi-ball basically <laughs> all right we'll work on that for season eight yes for season eight i i like that tom i i love the uh it's almost the uh like what would you call wrestling sports entertainment right yeah sports sports entertainment yeah. like that kind of it's taking wrestling vibe into baseball and i think that's brilliant i think it's absolutely brilliant i'd like we we could put together a road team and challenge the you know they got to play somebody right it's like the the globetrotters always had to play the the washington yeah, generals the, the bananas uh, travel with the party animals that's mm-hmm. who they play against right right and i thought uh you and i could be excellent comedic opposing managers perhaps oh truly the bananas and the party animals yeah. I, I i believe that i believe that i would uh I think we should have a celebrity manager at every game who gets tossed in the first. Of, of so course, yeah. If you're really running the team, you're the assistant manager. But our guest it's manager tonight. Always the assistant manager. The manager always gets tossed in the first inning. In the first so. inning. Like, what? I mean, as soon after the first batter as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should go out arguing the strike zone after the very first fucking pitch of the game, no matter how he calls it. <laughs> you just go out there and just completely Earl Weaver it. Like, you've been fucking me all night. <laughs> I'm bringing you roses because you're fucking me on live TV, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Kicking the dirt. He's like, oh, I don't understand why you're so mad. <laughs> like, run me. I got a hot date. Uh, that's funny. I, um, I look, I save. I have a folder on uh, Facebook, right? So whenever I see um, like a story that I wanted to talk about with you on after later, I'm like, oh, I'll save that. Or sometimes I just tag you. Sometimes I save the link, right? Sometimes it's both. But it's funny is that they everything that I save goes to the same master folder. <laughs> so we could talk about a study explaining the evolutionary reason behind masturbation. Oh, okay. Or there's a great uh, ping iron set for sale in our neighborhood. It's still available. <laughs> that's that's number two topic. Uh, 
uh, how, <laughs> how to make mama's uh, Mexican pizza. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, here's a here's a great picture of a shipping container house. You want to talk about that? <laughs> Liquid fertilizer tips for the garden. Wow. A lot of pictures of plumerias. Way big into those. So don't no need to vote at home. We'll go ahead and assume that you would like to talk about the study explaining the evolutionary origins and advantages of masturbation. Well, if you had to guess, just saying that there are, in fact, evolutionary origins and advantages of masturbation before I even say what the studies have found, what would you postulate would be what? Why? Why do animals, namely humans and primates, masturbate? Well, um, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> in, in my head, my mathematic response is there is no downside to an abundance of seed, right? So in this in the system, there's no negative to having uh, too much male sperm you can right? never you know, have too much sperm you can never have too much so the system would fall by creating a surplus of what's needed we also have a surplus of eggs right so you're, for, you're saying it's reproduction i'm saying mathematically for reproduction uh a surplus is much better than a shortage yes so that's where we ended up with a surplus. So if, uh, if say a child is born that has a natural shortage of what they can give to reproduction, uh, that child is much less likely to have a child of their own. So we have evolved into an overproductive reproductive species. Okay, okay. I'd say survival of the fittest too, the fastest to, to, to procreate has the higher chance of uh of procreating right those genes get passed on that is and true. let's say let's say you go back to the primate days right fastest monkey to nut gets the nut in before you get eaten by a tiger right and so you yeah. got a ma masturbation helps in several ways you can, you can go faster and get it out over with and uh it gets you in physical condition to uh, to produce the uh, required fluids you know what i'm saying if you're if you've never fired your gun before you don't know how dirty the uh the barrel is you gotta you gotta sp throw some down range to to be ready to do it when it when it matters it also gives you a moment of joy in an otherwise dark and depressing world well yeah there's that which too. keeps you alive you know that's true and the longer you stay alive and happy and productive you're gonna you're gonna be around long enough to, to procreate if you're a sad yeah, tortured primate who's never nutted and can't find a lady or I think appropriate the, the the question that pops into my head is are we still just sort of tricking our reproductive instinct to feel good for a minute or is it positive in the long run for everybody that might make babies to masturbate a bunch of times more than they actually try to make babies hold on hold on i got a little confused there you're saying it's, I lost it. Are I we just it. taking advantage of our own biological instinct, tricking ourselves when we have uh, sex for pleasure or masturbation? Are we just like, is it just like a glitch in the system? Like, oh, we know this feels good, so I might do this, even though that's not what this is for. Or is there an actual benefit to the species if everybody that might make babies is also masturbating? I think the second, I think there is an actual benefit to the species, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it makes life worth living, man. I think you were on the ball with that. All right, let's look it up and see. I, sorry, I had to take my phone apart. <laughs> let's look at the actual reason. <laughs> Historically, this behavior... I, I, I don't read it in a voice. I'm sorry. I have a bad habit of doing that. I read a... If I read something from the internet, I read it in a voice. And this is from uh, phys.org as in physics. So, sorry, it makes me assume the physics... Physicists, physicists. Historically, I can't, I can't not do it. <laughs> Historically, this behavior was considered to be either pathological or a byproduct of sexual arousal, and recorded observations were too fragmented to understand its distribution, evolutionary history, or adaptive significance. New research published finds that perhaps surprisingly, this behavior seems to serve an evolutionary purpose. Findings indicate that masturbation is an ancient trait in primates and that, at least in males, it increases reproductive success and helps to avoid contracting sexually transmitted infections. Uh, there you go. There you go. It keeps the pipes clean, man. Abundance of seed and keeps the pipes clean. That That's makes right. Sense. That's right. A rolling stone gathers no herpes. That's Everyone right. knows that. Uh, la, 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 la. Let me see. Skipping through. Uh, the, the authors track the distribution of autosexual behavior. That, that I'm sorry, I'd never heard autosexual behavior. That's I like that. That's going in the that's going in the bag. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> I found a shiny rock, Daddy. <laughs> to understand when and why it evolved in both females and males. Team found that masturbation has a long oh, come on to get to the fucking point already. All right, it was likely present in the common ancestor of all monkeys and apes, including humans. Other primates, lemurs, lorises, and tar I don't give a fuck about tarsiers. They jerked off too, largely because they could. <laughs> the post copulatory selection hypothesis proposes that masturbation aids successful fertilization. This can be achieved in various ways. You're telling me, Doc. <laughs> First, masturbation. Sans ejaculation can increase arousal before sex. So, uh, early primates were edging. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. If you, that's what I'm saying. Stay ready. You know what right. I mean? If you're always at an eight, it's only a two point jump to 10. You know what I mean? It's like being in a fight. Go ahead and take your shirt off. <laughs> right? Uh, this may be a particularly useful tactic for low ranking males likely to be interrupted during copulation. Hey, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Stop. Who said you could fuck at this party? So I keep getting interrupted because I'm low ranking. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Yes, Tom. If you had a little more a higher order in the business, guys might stop shouting you off of your sex. Uh, second, <laughs> masturbation with ejaculation allows males to shed inferior semen, leaving fresh, high quality sperm available for mating. Which are more likely to out see that's that's like the milk at the at the uh, H E B right yeah yeah you know what I mean you gotta if you keep getting rid of the old you got nothing but fresh good milk yeah reach to the back yeah reach the, yeah exactly yeah reach around you. the inferior milk <laughs> I want fresh high quality sperm available for mating <laughs> I wish there was a change in color. <laughs> like, like when it's the bad stuff, it's bourbony color. <laughs> Obviously, an inferior product. <laughs> That's spolt, spolt milk. I believe they call that. 
<sighs> researchers well, this, topic, found, oh, this topic is a lot more after later than you think it really is we're getting there this is a lot trust me folks a long time listeners this will end in simulation talk Oh, no question. No doubt in my mind. It's like the Fibonacci sequence. It's it it, masturbation appears in nature. Yes, right? it does. The researchers found support for this hypothesis showing that male masturbation has co-evolved with multi-male mating systems where male-male competition is high. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like if you know the more dudes around, the quicker you gotta be on the drawer. Right. Uh, this is a this is a deep telling sentence. Hey, sorry, folks. I had to quiet my child down while I talk about primate masturbation. Here's here's where the, here's where it takes a turn, Tom. Okay. The, the significance of female masturbation remains less clear. While frequent, there are fewer there are fewer reports describing it, which diminishes diminishes the analytical power of statistics. The team argue that more data on female sexual behavior are needed to better understand the evolutionary role of female masturbation. See, this is why isn't this mainstream science? If you want to get money behind science dollars, tell Joe Lunchpail that we are researching female sexual behavior. We need more data on female masturbation. Well, and this would be this would be a great government study in my my new government program where where everything needs to be supported with the online registry, right? So it's uh, taxpayers. You figure out how much you owe, and then you go to the registry and you decide where you want to put that money. And yeah. Everybody would put their taxes towards the sex study that the government's doing. Absolutely, it I... would be an easily crowdfunded governmental scientific experiment. Yeah, there, there's there's no way that this wouldn't be popular. But it would occur to me when you, you mentioned natural selection, and I was thinking, you know, uh, the evolutionary process, it would occur to me that the uh, that, that our viral ancestors, the ones that thought about sex all the time, were the real masturbators. And because they, they were viral, uh, uh, I, I, because they were... Uh, because they were the ones that had the most uh, sexuality and life inside of them. That's why uh, they're the ancestors, right? They're the ones that right. produced the most because they're mm -hmm. the ones that were the most sexual. Our so bookish like, ancestors didn't get laid and therefore are not our ancestors. I think that most of the higher mammals left on the planet are, are a result of that path. So I think most of the, at least the mammals have sort of a, of hypersexual life, you know, this desire to have sex and mating season every year. And, you know, this is the time you want to make babies. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the, that's the stage that most of the mammals are at on planet Earth. It, here's the, here, here's where, uh, jerking off gets a bad name. Look, all life, plant, mammal, insect, uh, uh, bacterial, all of it, every from the lowest to the most complicated form of life, are obsessed with reproduction. Right? That's the that is the raison d'être of yep. of life in the universe is to replicate itself and to adapt and just keep keep everything about it is just is is re replace yourself plus one, right? So the the difference is. Uh, when even insects get 
into mating mode, even when fish get a little humpy. It just doesn't look as lurid as primate fucking. Well, you can argue that the original, uh, you know, male-female reproduction on Earth occurred in the ocean, right? You could the, mm-hmm. the fish were around before any other life on this planet, before plant life. There were, apparently there was fish life, right? So, uh, and a lot of the more primitive fish mate where the female just lays a pile of eggs by itself, and then the male comes along and fertilizes the eggs by himself. So the original sexual reproduction was masturbation because both acts were happening on their own separately. The eggs were getting fertilized outside the body. In yeah. the in the original ocean, like flybys, yeah, like how fish exactly. do it, precision yeah. bombing. Yeah, fish, and that's like the original uh, reproduction of the planet, you know. And then we went, you know, when you get on land, it's more of a of a of a slam dunk, you know, than an outside shot, right? Right. That's trippy, man. I wish we still did it the same way. What if we evolved that way, Tom? Where when it came time for mating, that uh, lady would just drop a bunch of eggs like in a in a nest, like on a covered patio or something like that. And, and then you just turn the corner and ran by and spladoosh. <laughs> cover you, the whole might, thing. you might come across some eggs and you're not sure who laid them, but you might oh. still fertilize. And you're going to come all the way across them. <laughs> all right. I think we, uh, is this well dry? Have we talked enough about masturbation? Uh, Maybe. Because I'm trying to stop sweating over here, Tom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> dude, look, every, it seems like I'm in this cycle, dude, where every time I go, every time I'm only home for like a week or two, it's just dramatically filled with backbreaking fucking yard labor. Yeah. Right. And, or something one after the other, you know, like I, it's like a whole project and I just get done in time to go, go back out to work again. And I go to work and I'm worn out and tired and sleep on a ship. Yeah. I'm going to sea to recuperate. That doesn't feel right. <laughs> uh, got to work with uh, my old friend, Percy Cruz too. Last How is week. Percy? Percy's doing well. I ran into him when we were uh, getting on board the ship. I go, Percy, how are you doing? He goes, I am going to work so I can get some rest. (laughs) Yeah. That seems to be common in our line of work lately, doesn't it? Yeah, man. If it's it's hectic, you know, off the ship, on the ship, you could at least have a simplified existence for a few days. It's a, I say to people, it's a beautiful prison. You know what I mean? It's a comfortable bed. You got soccer on 24 hours a day. You got your own shower and toilet. And when you get squirrely and hungry, you can go up about 10 floors and there's a giant buffet, you know, you want some sun, you get some time to go walk around a track. If you want to get a good night's sleep, you can just all of a sudden, I can't tell you how many days on ships where I don't have a show or something and seven o'clock rolls around and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go upstairs, eat a little roast beef, come back down here, hide in my hole and go to bed. Uh, It's, it's nice. You know, and it's and every now and then I'll, I'll be on that ride thinking, you know, I think I think John and I could do like seven months to Mars in a in a small vessel, you know. I think with I a, could with a cruise ship style cabin. You know, I think uh, 
I think we're comfortable. I think we're able to, to set our brains into that uh, simplistic mode, you know, just you, uh, kind of coast it out. I like that some of the space uh, entities are starting to look at more non-traditional, uh, uh, what do you call it? I guess astronauts kind of the NASA term. Yeah. Right. What, what, travelers, I guess. What's the, co- what's the corporate term for <laughs> space traveler? <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah. they're looking, yeah, they're looking outside the box, right? Because it's yeah. the, the challenges aren't just about aeronautics and flying. It's once you get out there and the things are sort of, you know, once the ships are autonomous, really, for the most part, you know, I mean, no one's out there like, you're not going to fly to Mars on a spaceship and have to drive that fucking thing like a, like a sailboat the whole way. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be programmed. Yeah. You know? It's fly by wire. Not yeah, by not exactly. by not by hand, right? So they're gonna exactly. need people who can survive the all right, sit around here and eat nothing but yogurt for eight months and we'll this phone will ring when it's time to do the next thing. Yeah, we have that skill set because of what we've been doing for years. Eggheads will lose their mind. They're too smart. They'll sit there and their brains will rev out of control. We'll have that same conversation about monkeys jerking off that we just had. For days, there will not be a position angle left unapproached at it. And then it'll be dropped for a week and then brought back up instantly, seamlessly with new angles. Well, here's my sci-fi thought. We have reached the technological uh, time where we can get off the planet. We could safely colonize Mars or the moon if we were using all the resources on our planet to make that colony happen, right? So we're capable of becoming a multi-planet species, right? Right. Our odds of long-term futuristic survival uh, go from uh, little to none to almost infinite if we become a two-planet species instead of a one-planet species. True. Uh, So you're talking about like you and I on the Mars colony. As soon as that colony is established, we're creating an undeniable future technology that's like millions of years in the future. So I think the moment we establish a colony in the science fiction world off planet, we become a two planet species and immediately get visited by time travelers from our own technological future that we have oh. just insured because we set up a Mars colony or a moon colony. Oh, That's I what see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. talked a little bit about that before. What'd you call it? The catalyst. Yeah, right? yeah. The moment a certain thing happens, uh, it ensures a future where we live long enough that we can go back to the past and ensure our present. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. That that adds up. That makes sense because all of a sudden, like, you, if there's a branch of infinite timelines going off of off of us in the future at all times right if all of a sudden you unlocked one thing or made one thing happen shuts off thousands of bad ones <laughs> and only opens up the ones that lead to the good so yeah that's right. that's cool like a i would be a neat moment wouldn't it where there you are i imagine it's not just getting to mars or the human it's more yeah, i think it's establishing a colony that's strong enough that it will never you know never die and then all of a sudden, sort of like, who knows what it is, right? Like whether it's uh, getting the water processing plant on the oxygen, you know, being able to self, you know, 
is it the food whatever the magic moment is where all of a sudden I, I mean, it's a plant that sprouts up and then i thought we can grow potatoes and, and shit right like that movie um bah, bah. the martian the martian thank you very much right and then all of a sudden the the completely coated in silver future people show up like the silver surfer congratulations yeah. you're here right we're here to give you the, the cantaloupe of destiny i don't know who knows so i don't think i don't think we're ready to like put all the planet's reach resources towards a moon or a mars colony but i think there's i don't enough. think how, how would we need to have all of our resources well, on earth to get to or to set up shit on the moon because right now a moon base is essentially a trailer park right well i mean we wouldn't need all of that but what i'm saying is we've we've been capable of this technologically since like the 60s right you know and some so say fact, we have done the it fact that it has that it's not a planetary priority is interesting but we're almost there but it should be the thing that everybody is working towards as fast as possible i just don't think people think long term when they think about like space exploration right you and i are never going to visit a planet that's orbiting serious but depending on how we live our, our lives our ancestors might be living there as well right mm -hmm. so you're just kind of contributing to this this future and i think ours might be like i think somebody there i think there's a generation that's alive now that's going to be alive when we have a sustainable colony on the moon or mars oh i believe so i, yeah. I believe so i, I believe my grandkids close. My grandkids will live in a world where people are living and working on on the moon. Yeah, you I know, I that. think they're. I don't think they're going to need a lot of physical space. You know, I think that 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 future person is going to probably live their life in a pretty tiny area, mostly virtually, right? Because you yeah, need well, I, probably I underground anyway, or at least in a dome. You know, so yeah, but they're gonna honeycomb that shit out, and they'll be it'll they'll be living spaces. They'll be like uh, parks. There'll be plenty of right. It'll 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 spread. It'll be like a like an ant mound mall that just sort of grows into the ground, right? Because they'll just be able to keep mining and digging and excavating and making space and fucking drywall. Boy, you want to get you want to be a billionaire? You get into the mar or the the, the lunar drywall business. So I presented my, my theory here before that people are dragging their feet on, on the moon because whoever's second is the one that's going to be to Mars. Mm -hmm. so, the bicycle race. Right. So the folks on the, uh, whoever colonizes the moon is basically building the, the hotel for uh, whatever other country to colonize Mars. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Hey, hold on a second. I gotta, I gotta ask the the, the wife something here because I've I've spoken about this on on uh, after later throughout the years that uh, my wife has a very strict rule for the nuclear family of Wesslings that we are not allowed to go I'm into space. I'm aware of this rule. Yeah, I'm aware right? of this rule. Yeah. But I don't know how far that extends into the into the bloodline. Would my grandchildren be allowed to live on the moon? Let's let's before I ask her officially, Tom, what do you think her answer is going to be? Uh. I think she might throw you a curveball. I might. I think might, she might say that the children of some of your children are allowed to go to the moon, but not all of them. All right, hold on a second. Hey, babe. Hey, where's mom? Yeah. Where's mom? Uh, he's on. He's on. He's on. He's on. He's on. He's on. 
on the couch? Is she awake or is she asleep? She is awake. Okay, ask her to come here. Uh, babe, 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 come here. We have a, we have a, we have an urgent after later question. All right, Sarah. Uh, here, you want to borrow one ear? You can have an ear. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross. I've been sweating my that's whole a, life. That's excellent. All right, as uh, you know, you have the rule, the uh, wrestling. I'm not allowed to go into space. Uh-huh. But we have a question about the the. Would one of our grandchildren be allowed to live on the moon? Okay, so my opinion about space is a solid one. You cannot be retrieved from space. It is a selfish pursuit. So if I'm raising these children with a solid Solid. reasoning behind the restriction, it would make sense that they would then go into their own families, raising their children, our grandchildren, with the same logical opinion about selfish pursuits. That they, you think that on their own, they're going to come up with their own rules that they, their kids. Let's face it, Keaton, the other three are probably not gonna have kids. When Keaton has a heteronormative relationship that produces offspring. He likes boobs. It seems to me, he does like boobs, that he would say to his children, if you were to go into space and die, die and I could, I would have to live with that idea of your broken corpse floating through the abyss. So no, thank you. Plus, he would never visit them on the moon because he's not allowed to go. Hmm. So, but would it? I don't claim to be able to raise other people's children. <laughs> Until there are grandkids in them. But if I, like, he would have to marry a woman who's so butt crazy about going to space, like a fucking hmm. lunatic. Well, no, it's going to be pretty normal. That she had somehow overridden the very logical reasoning behind our not going to space no space ever no space ever that's my mistake all right wesley's gonna die on earth we're we're riding this riding this pig all the way to the end no space that's all right because i i think that the the earth is going to be inhabitable far beyond the the lives of your bodies no that's good (laughs) So I think you're good. It's not like you need to get off planet, right? Like but great grandchildren? Point, I I don't know. At some point in your lineage maybe down the road, maybe not your grandkids, maybe not your great grandkids, but at some point there's going to have to be off planet uh, little uh, wrestling errors at some point, right? Just I feel like at that point some, they'll have worked out the kinks. You, yeah, that you won't experience it. But I think that has to be the future of our of our species is some of us are going to have to live off planet. Yeah, not these people. All right, you're done. (laughs) I also don't want to go to the Mariana Trench if you're interested in that. Hell yeah, I do. That sounds like a blast. Okay. There's there's a Yoder gig down there. Yeah, Yeah, it's a high pressure roof. <laughs> I really don't like the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, those are two. You got all the good ones. The lighting is horrible. Good <laughs> one. Uh, you know what I love about your wife, uh, Sarah, is she's uh, there. There's there's no wavering in her belief here. There's no 
she is certain about how she feels mm-hmm. about uh, uh, going into space is a crazy pursuit. I don't know. I don't know what part of space hurt her as a child, but she is fuck space. She's on team fuck space. Like she's well, not. She doesn't look wistfully up the night sky and ask questions about the cosmos. When you think about our whole, you know. <laughs> Uh, when you think about our whole species, there's there's this balance about how we have these differences of opinions, right? And there's mm-hmm. a certain segment of the population feels exactly like your wife does about outer space. It's a crazy pursuit, right? Mm-hmm. But at some point, if you think, you know, not for just the next generation, but, you know, 10 generations of the future, you think, well, that's a, it's the most important thing that we could be working on, you know? So I can understand either side. For this generation, it's a crazy pursuit but for the existence of our species it's the most important thing that we could be working on and i think it's cool that some random people some uh human beings that 20 years ago would never have been considered uh, uh space program astronauts are gonna end up in space this is a yeah. really cool time to be alive yeah there's gonna they're gonna need space plumbers yeah they're gonna they're gonna need lunch ladies yeah, let's think about how many things will what is what's non-automatable right if uh android can do your can do the job yeah I, I as soon as it's cheaper to make androids than people i think the whole idea is the the simplistic ideas we need actual we need actual people off planet so if anything happens to this planet we still have people and if anything mm-hmm. happens to that planet we still have this one you know if we have a second place to go we can avoid certain cat- catastrophes so everything can be automated the only thing that needs to happen is there needs to be biological people there to keep our species going so whatever participation we need to have to stay alive off planet you know, if all so, that's automated, that's great. All right. Great. But the automation, the goal of the automation is to keep human beings alive. See, to me, my sci-fi brain goes down to what happens when, all right, we have inner, inner, um, intersolar, uh, uh, Jesus, man. Sorry, I'm a little distracted. That's all right, Johnny. Uh, let's say we have outposts all over our solar system. Okay. 200, 300 years from now, uh, uh, androids, full-blown AI, robots, all that shit. At what point does human population get so low that like the last surviving groups of people are like being kept alive and protected at all costs by the, by the machines around them? Like is what you said. If that's the most important thing, is keeping humanity alive and spreading around. Imagine well, when they're down to like literally a dozen on Earth, a dozen on the Moon, twenty on when, IO. When you look like long term, and computers can look at things long term, you as soon as like, like say the Earth uh, is dying, say we get hit by a meteor, and there's a there's a winter because there's debris in the atmosphere and all the all the life dies, and there's this ice age on our planet. But we still have uh, human beings on the moon and on Mars. Both those colonies are run by AI, whose job it is to keep people alive, right? The right. AI on Mars would more than likely start 
seeding the planet with microbes, right? To try to infect the Mars atmosphere with a biology just under the surface so that four million years from now, it could be livable to an ancestor of human beings, right? So the, the AI would start trying to seed the next planet while this planet was dying and would keep like 12 of us alive just long enough for this planet to develop an atmosphere. And then it would try to build, you know, a planet of 12 billion again because its job would be to keep us alive, you know? The, there's this argument that the most successful species on the planet is like a, a fire ant, because the, there have been probably more fire ants than any other, you know, developed species. So if there's, a, you know, a, a multiple trillions of them in your backyard, that's a pretty successful species, because that's a lot more than their humans, right? But weirdly, when you look at it that way, chickens and cows are hugely successful. They're hugely successful because we've been breeding them because we eat them. Mm. So at what point is the AI just breeding us to eat us? <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think as long as the, the final goal of the computer program is to keep humans alive, then yeah, it might be, they might be keeping us alive in a torturous way. But yeah, just prisons. Yeah, there would be a you know a situation where there would be one or two. Yeah, yeah, I imagine, and I think it was an Outer Limits episode, but it's basically this young boy that's well, probably about Keaton's age in this episode, who just kind of realizes he's in a in a space talking to a computer that knows everything. And he just kind of becomes self-aware. He's not just playing games with this computer, but he just kind of becomes self-aware and starts asking, like, who am I? What am I doing here? Who are you? What, you know, why aren't there others? What's happening? And it ends up being the story. It ends up being like that, that this is the computer whose job it was to keep humanity alive, but it's, it's so low on resources that it's just keeping this little boy alive. <laughs> That's after later for today. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Spread the word to everyone else. 47 and climbing. I'm John Wesling. He is Tommy Drake. Uh, Tommy, anything you got to promote or would like to say in final words? Uh, I don't have anything really to promote. I will get to attend uh, Just for Laughs in Montreal this year. Nice. If any of our friends are listening to this, come say hi to me if you're gonna be there. Last Dude, time I'm gonna, I was there was with you. John. Yeah, I was gonna say hey. I'm, I'm gonna send you with the recorder, get some interviews. For sure. Yeah. Talk talk spooky ghost shit with people. Yeah, and maybe uh, we can record while I'm there. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right. Well, so we'll look for that. Uh, and yeah, have fun up there, Tom. Enjoy the smoked meats of Montreal. We'll be, we'll be back soon with a new fresh episode. Spread the word to everyone else. Until then, I'm John Wesley. He's Tommy Drake. Boo Boo Lit Fam 420 Wiener Balls.